Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Breakaway Agent. In a world full of real estate pros struggling to get ahead, there are a few who emerge and become wildly successful. If you are or are working to become one of these breakaway agents, then this show is for you. Thank you so much for listening. And even if you just get one thing out of this episode that helps your business grow, well, that is a huge win. And hopefully you get a few nuggets to help you move forward. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Ryan Chido, licensed partner and real estate advisor at Angle and Vokers Naples in Florida. Ryan is originally from Syracuse, New York, graduated from the University of Buffalo, where he got a Bachelor of Arts and a minor in finance. In 2002, he obtained his realtor license and his broker's license in 2006, where he went on to establish his own real estate firm. Ryan has closed over $1 billion in real estate in 17 years. Ryan, welcome and thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, like, I'm sitting here looking at you. You just look so young and you've just been in this for so long and gotten so much accomplished. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do and your journey to get here. Sure. So I grew up in Syracuse, New York, went to the University of Buffalo, stayed there for three years, moved home, took over my parents' restaurant and decided that that probably wasn't going to be the end for me. And I told my parents, hey, I'm moving, going to Naples. I've been down there and golfed. It's beautiful. Seems to be a lot of wealthy people there. It looks like a good place to start a career. So I moved down here in 2001. I bartended at the Ritz-Carlton for about a year and met a lot of wealthy people in real estate and thought, wow, this seems like a good place to get started. And the rest is history. I tutored under a pretty successful broker for a while, then went off on my own. And in Florida, if you have your license, I think it was probably two years, you can get your own broker's license. And I said, well, why don't I start my own thing? So I started my own real estate company, which was good and bad, I guess. I went from a salesperson to a manager, which I found is not my strong suit. (laughs) I had my own real estate license, my own real estate brokers for a long time and finally sold that after about 12 years to Angle and Volkers, became a partner and moved back into the luxury market, which was where I had taken myself and my brokers before, but was spending a lot of my time managing and now I'm selling again and it's great. It's more fun. It's face-to-face. It's, you know, out shaking hands, meeting people. And that's what I do. There's a lot in between everything I just told you, but that's kind of the cliff notes. That's awesome. Well, that's really cool that you just kind of got it done. And I know England Vokers, there's different ways that you can have your own office or you have your own team within an office. So are you the broker of the office or do you have a team within your office? What is your business structure? So when I came over, that was something I was adamant about. I said, look, I'll come over. I'd love to be an equity partner because I'm used to owning my own company, but I want to sell and I do not want to be the broker. A lot of liability. The whole competing broker thing isn't good. If you're going to have a real estate company and you're going to compete against your agents, you're not going to be very successful. So we hired a broker. So I'm not the broker. I am on my own. I've had a couple of people in and out. I've tried the team thing. It hasn't worked for me. It works for a lot of people. So it's my wife who does all of my marketing, social media. And then I've got a new assistant. I had the same assistant for 15 years. She was great. But we kind of split ways a couple of years ago and I was assistant list for about a year. So no, it's myself, my wife, and I have a licensed assistant. Okay, very good. Very good. You know, I believe that everyone has strengths. And as a high achiever like yourself, it really speaks to the fact that you've leaned into those, what I like to call your superpowers. And I know I asked you about this ahead of time. And one of the things that you said was one of those superpowers is it really sets you apart. You always do what you say you're going to do. And then you do a little bit more. Do you want to elaborate on that? 
well, it's, you know, look, everybody has expectations. So I try to manage those from the front. So if I'm going to list your house for sale, I'll always say, you know, how do you prefer to be communicated with? Do you like to call you every week? Do you expect me to text you every day? You know, what do you expect? I kind of get all that on the front so that I don't screw it up on the backside. So if you tell me, hey, Ryan, I'm expecting you to call me once a week, I'm going to call you twice a week. And if you said you expected me to sell your house for seven fifty, well, I want to get seven seventy five. So that's kind of a strength and a weakness sometimes because some sellers will say, "Well, Ryan, I was okay with the seven fifty, and I thought I told you to counter at seven fifty. And I said, "Well, yeah, but anybody can do that. <laughs> I'll counter at seven sixty five, and if I get you more than what you wanted, well, then I did my job." I mean, at the end of the day, they might give you a hard time at the beginning, but it seems like something that would. When we're talking about thrilling and delighting your clients, I bet that does just that. Look, especially in my market, there's like 15,000 real estate agents where we live. And, you know, I hate when that's the reason I got my broker's license because I didn't want to just be a real estate agent. I wanted to be a real estate broker. If there was a problem, you say, well, I want to talk to the owner. And I'd say, well, you're talking to him. You know, so that was part of the reason I got my broker's license. And I guess if I was to do it all over again, I probably would have just went and worked for somebody and sold the whole time because I think it would have better use of my time. But yeah, running a business is a lot different. I mean, as a real estate agent, you do run your own business, but it's a lot different when you crank it up a notch and become a broker and yeah. you know, you're responsible for everyone else building businesses. Exactly. And it's America. So the second somebody learns how to do something, well, they're out doing it for themselves, not for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You also mentioned that you're quick on your feet and you're a deal maker. You want to talk a little bit more on that? In Naples right now, we're in a good market. So the buyers are savvy and the sellers are savvy. And you know, you get really close on a deal and then everybody just kind of gives up. And you hear people say, well, we're just going to rent. And they really get buyer's remorse. And sellers sometimes get seller's remorse. You send them the pictures of their house and they go, my house, well, why am I moving? The deal maker thing is just moving on. It's, you get a stalemate on a deal and it's like, okay, where are we? How many people are in the deal? Well, there's four of us. There's a seller, a buyer, and there's a realtor on one side and a realtor on the other. So if we're 10,000 apart, everybody's going to take a $2,500 haircut and we're, it's equally painful and we move on. That's just one strategy that I have, but you know, I'm always positioning myself so that it's fair. And if everybody feels like it's fair, then a deal gets done. But yeah. when you take the hard line and you defend whoever you're representing and you act like it's your house, it's like, well, no, my seller. And it's like, well, no, we're in the middle. We're the liaison. We're trying to get a deal done. That's how we get paid. That's so. awesome. I'm sure that you use like reviews and testimonials as part of your processes with your clients. Like, do you get feedback on your approaches and yeah, the feedback I think is great. I mean, my Zillow, and that's the other thing is that we're in a transparent world. I mean, it's Uber, right? If I do a bad job, and that's one of the things I say to sellers and buyers, look, I want you to be happy because I don't want you to give me a bad review. You're never going to be dissatisfied. Don't ever hang up and go, that guy's terrible. It's like, if you feel a certain way, tell me, I don't want a bad review. I have 135 star reviews on Zillow, not because I don't try to do the right thing. Right, right. You need to be right or kind, you be kind and it works out and you move on. Yeah. Not going to get all the money on every deal. Exactly. My philosophy. It's worked really well. It seems like a really, really good way to do it, especially in a competitive market like you're in. Another thing that I asked about was a passion topic, something like a piece of advice that you're really passionate about that would help other real estate agents and brokers in today's market. And you mentioned being raised to work hard and give more than you take. You talked a little bit on exceeding expectations, but that was another part of it. So, you know, and honestly, even just in reading this now, after hearing what you had to say about 
your work and how you were working at your family's restaurant and you went on, you were a bartender. Like, it seems like you're really scrappy. And also, like, it seems like you're really good at like looking out into what the opportunities are and digging out this is exactly the piece of it that I can see that would be a good fit for me. So, with that in mind, if you were talking to an agent and mentoring them, what kind of advice would you give to that person as it relates to that? Look, it's a business. It's a domino effect. It's just like owning a restaurant. I mean, when you go in our restaurant, if you're a first-time customer, we're buying you drinks and we're picking up tabs and we're trying to get established. We're trying to show you that who we are. So it's the same thing in real estate. You're not going to make all the money on every deal. So you know, I had a deal today where I was a young first-time home buyer and they were really far apart. And it was like, look, I have a relationship with a mortgage company, the title company. I have all these relationships. So I just said, hey, everybody, let's get this guy in his house and we'll all get business from him or his family or his friends later. It was a small deal. Nobody made a lot of money, but we hand the kid the keys and he was happy. He didn't even really want to buy. I don't know. That just worked for me. And it's just funny. Oh, you're always too nice. It's like, well, I feel like I got pretty far being really nice. So <laughs> sounds like it- you worry about you. I'll worry about me. <laughs> and it sounds like it's working for you too. And I think too, as people are getting into the industry, it's not a bad idea to listen to what's working for other agents, which is you know, why I even do this is so that people can hear from people who've already accomplished it. So it's really their choice. Do you listen to the advice? You can't make them do it, but at least you can impart what you've learned from it. It's a reputation business. So if you get the reputation of doing the right thing, well, people want to tell their friends. They want to tell their friend about the experience they had. You know, you bought a $200,000 house and you got a $500 gift basket at closing. It's like, well, nobody wants to do that because that's a lot of money. Well, I'm not going to give them a $500 gift basket. It's like, well, it's okay. Give it back. It comes back twice. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I like how you operate. And I like too that you're so committed to growth, even as a high-performing agent. What are one or two things that you struggle with today when it comes to growing your sales? Well, it's always just organization. I mean, especially having been in the business as long as I have and is doing the numbers that I've done. I mean, when you're in a busy market in 03, 04, 05, I was selling hundreds of houses a year, I mean, lots. So if I was better at staying in touch with all those people and putting everybody's information in my CRM and dripping on them and calling them on their anniversary of their house sale, you know, having all that information so you can mine your database, that's the goal. We're just trying to get better and better at that. If I meet somebody, I want all your information. I want to stay in touch with you. I want somebody in my organization to stay in touch with you. We want your business. We want to service you, your friends, your clients. That's the way to grow. I mean, there's all those things. But you do a good job for one person, it can lead to five, 10, 20, who knows? Yeah, that's true. All these young agents are chasing internet leads, chasing leads, chasing leads, buying them. It's like, do a good job for somebody and I promise they're going to tell somebody. Yeah, it costs a lot less to just remarket the people in your list than it does to go out and find new people and start from scratch. (laughs) Sounds more exhausting too. (laughs) So what is something that you would go back and tell your rookie self today? It's again, organization. The second you meet somebody, take down all their information, put them in a category and market to that category. So if I meet you and you are a $200,000 condo buyer, well, I need to put you in a $200,000 condo buyer list so that every time I send out an email, it's not $4 million houses that I'm sending to you because that's completely irrelevant, right? So it's like categorizing everybody and marketing to them specifically. So do you do that? You segment that specific? Yeah, segment everything now. Absolutely. Now, so I have to. We're all blast just to hit everybody because the two hundred thousand dollar condo guy might know a guy that wants to buy a four million dollar house. But for the most part, 
I'm segmenting everybody, especially on the buy side. I'm only sending you things that are relative to you so that when something comes up, it's like, oh yeah, I could buy that. Or you know, it's, I live in that neighborhood and maybe I should buy that. So we just hyper segment everything. And it's hugely effective because the message, you're on message. You're not talking about something that's completely irrelevant to these people. You're staying in front of them and it's relevant. That's incredible. That's really unusual that has your attention, that that's something that you're doing because you know it's a pretty advanced stage of marketing. But again, you're really doing a good job of optimizing the people you already have on your list. You've already built a relationship and then putting that extra effort in to really speak to what their needs are, I think is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, there's all these little nuggets that have gotten me through my career. I mean, the only reason that I was able to get through this far in a dramatic downturn was because, you know, I did things a little bit differently. It's like, okay, well, the market's crashing. I sold to all investors. What do I do? I started a property management company. You know, we had a lot of rentals and all those renters ended up buying and all those investors, when the market came back up, they all ended up selling. So it's just like little things like that kind of change your career. Pay attention. It's just like, you know, we look at our, now I do it more than ever, but my bookkeeper and accountant does a quarterly, I'm going to have to have him start doing it monthly, but like a quarterly P&L. And I look at all of the expense and all of the income and I say, okay, well, where'd all the income come from? Well, it all came from Zillow. Okay, well, let's double down on Zillow. Where's all the expense? Well, it's all in postcards. Okay, we'll scrap the postcards. So I just constantly flip to what's working, put the money where it's working. Don't put it where it's not working. Yeah, that's so funny. That's something I say all the time. In fact, I listen to people do like, this is, it come up so many times in the last week where people are telling me how much they spend on Google ads or Facebook ads. And I asked them, you know, okay, so, you know, where are they going from there? And again, what you're talking about is brilliant because how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? And so what you're talking about, it applies so well to online ads, same way, where if you know what's working, you know what people are responding to, it's going to cost you less to do advertising and get more results just by understanding your audience and you know, putting money behind what works. That's what I say too. That's awesome. I did that too many times. I was putting all my money in places. Go, where's all your money going? Well, it's going into print. Have you gotten one phone call? No. Why are you still doing it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then it's always that balance of like, how long do you wait to see if it's really working? You know, because sometimes things take a while, but some of them you should know. Some of them, you know, so I think it's discerning as well what, you know, you should see movement on anything. 100%. I mean, so. I don't do anything that I won't do for a year. I don't commit to anything. If I'm going to do something, it's 12 months. I know I'm talking about doing things quarterly and stuff, but like Zillow, for example, Zillow is a little more, you can figure it out in two months. You don't have to wait a year. If I put five grand a month in a zip code and I'm not converting, then I know that that's not a good zip code or I'm doing something wrong. Right, exactly. Is there some kind of ritual or rituals that you have on a daily basis that you feel really set you up for success? Yeah, it's called wake up and freak out. (laughs) wake up and freak out. Okay. Tell me about that. That's the problem is I'm very unorganized. So it's, you know, people say, what are you doing tomorrow? I say, I have no idea. I'm just going to (laughs) wake up, make things happen. And that's not me this far, but you know, I've had some real estate coaches and I've read some books and they say that if you're a gifted salesperson, you can do 25 to 40 million a year. And then you're, that's it. Can't go above that. That's your ceiling. That's my ceiling because I don't have a strategy. My strategy is I look at a P and L, I do a couple things, but if I was to be organized and not be so reactive, you know, like I'm missing calls. I just, there was a guy just went on a listing appointment yesterday for a three and a half million dollar listing. And the guy called while we're sitting here. It's like, well, right now I'm doing something. So it's like, if I started to segment my time in my day, I think I'll get to the next level. But yeah, my ritual is literally just wake up and try to remember all the things that I did yesterday and the people I need to follow up with and 
So do you get up early? Do you have any kind of like mantra other than get up and freak out? Like <laughs> quarter to seven forever. That's always been like my get up time. And this week, I for the first time, we, I've gotten up at 5 a.m. every day. And it's like, whoa, I have way more energy. And I'm looking at my board. I have seven listing appointments since Monday of people that said, hey, I got your number from so-and-so, or I got finally got your email, or thanks for the letter. And it's like, I just thought the whole energy just changed. So you're sold on that now, it sounds like. I mean, that's the other thing. You read anybody that's successful, they're up at 4.45, 5 a.m. You want to be <laughs> next level, you can't get up at 7. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I started getting up I mean, not just getting up early, but like taking action early in the day as well. And then working out. And I don't know how many people I've mentioned this to, but it's nice that I'm going to get fit from working out. And it's nice that I'll get more done because I'm up earlier. I'm literally only doing it because that's what successful people do. (laughs) I don't know. Your thoughts are more positive and clear. And yeah, I mean, we're doing the same thing. We ride our bikes to the gym. We work out for a half hour, 45 minutes. We ride our bikes home. Yes. World of difference. Yeah. I also looked at, uh, I don't see this on here, but I saw, don't you work like 15 hour days and seven days a week? It's like from the time I get up, which was seven o'clock until 10 o'clock at night, I'm on my phone, on my email, follow me. Anybody that knows me, if you send me a text message, email, phone, if I miss a phone call, I'm dead because my phone's even in the shower. So that's why I laugh with these younger guys. They're like, well, you know, you're doing so well. And, you know, they look at me and they're like, you look so young. It's like, well, yeah, but I've been doing this. 15 hours a day, seven days a week for 17 years. So this didn't just happen. And if somebody calls me, I call them back. And if I don't know the answer to something, I get them the answer. It's over and over and over and over. This is a follow-up business. If you're a OCD, ADD, need a place to put nervous energy, you'll be a great agent. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I can't sit still for five seconds. <laughs> Well, I am so impressed that, you know, like I've been watching it happen right before my very eyes that you've been sitting in the same chair and I'm actually stressed for you about that phone call that you got. <laughs> so, so right after we wrap, I want to make sure you captured all that. Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, do you ever find, you know, you mentioned your wife works with you. Do you have struggle at all with work-life balance and how do you approach that? I'm old enough now that if I see a problem coming on, I'm old enough to go, hey, look, we need to go away for a weekend. Like this is getting in the way. Kind of an old soul in that regard. So I don't, if something's going on, I just address it and say, look, this is normal. We're working together. We're going to argue. And I need to shut my phone off for an hour. Let's go for a walk. So no, I really don't. I mean, people say, oh, how do you work with your wife? I mean, yeah, we'll be in the car. We'll be swearing at each other driving down the road. But it's like, we're stressed out. So (laughs) five seconds later, I go, okay, sorry about that. Let's just move on and she's the same way. So, you know, my husband and I met at 22 and I was an insurance agent and his family, he's a third generation realtor. And we went to dinner a few times in a row. And literally I was like, if I don't get my real estate license, I'm not going to be able to talk to anyone in this family. (laughs) It's basically like if they all spoke Spanish and I only spoke English, that's literally how it felt was I better just do it. But we definitely have some stories too. So I can completely understand where you're coming from. But it is nice because our real estate is such a lifestyle that it's nice that you can navigate that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say I'm perfect at it, but I do the best I can. So we just got married a couple of years ago. The kid thing, that'll happen eventually. It's okay. <laughs> some of the trials and tribulations associated with getting pregnant and that not working out. So we're kind of taking a break. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I didn't mean to pry or anything. I just, I know that sometimes that whole thing can add another layer to it, but 
Okay, so the next segment is what I call rapid fire tool chest. So I'm going to say something and then you briefly tell me your favorite tool, person, whatever other response, or you can say pass if you don't want to answer, if you don't have an answer, or if it's some kind of trade secret or something. I don't. I just give you a completely irrelevant answer. You can, you know, no rules here. I feel like, you know, I'm. That's kind of fun sometimes. (laughs) Hey, you know, if that's on brand for you, then I'm down. My right hand person, Taylor's right over here laughing like crazy. So I'm sure she would be totally cool with that. So, okay. Are you ready? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Time blocking. Terrible at it. Terrible. Do you do it? Do you try? Do you have a tool? No. No time. Okay. Okay. Well, then technically you're not terrible at it because you don't do it. (laughs) I don't even know what it means. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So favorite technology? iPhone. Excellent. Best CRM? Ooh. I'm torn between uh, Lion Desk and Top Producer, which is the most antiquated thing I have, but it has all my information on it. I don't know how to get it out. You know, the fact that you said Lion Desk, I was like, ooh, nice. Good job. And then you said Top Producer and you lost me. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) Are you going with that irrelevant answer thing again? (laughs) So they have all your contacts is what I mean. It's easy to find. I know how to use it. Yeah, I remember using that back in 95. That's really cool. (laughs) No, I mean, they updated it for a little while, but... Oh, you use the phone book, huh? Yeah. Top producer is basically like using a phone book. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. Sorry, top producer, if you're out there. Respect. And actually, a lot of people do use it for the same thing. It's like, it's kind of like having a spreadsheet. It's just reliable and you know that it's in there. You're not going to lose any pieces of it. So 100%, I feel it. Sales pipeline management. Again, extemporaneous off the top of my head. I got a whiteboard here. Okay, awesome. If I was using a CRM and I logged everybody I talked to and went through and go, this is a hot one and called, I do everything off the top of my head. So how I make money is sometimes beyond me. You're very probably, I mean, there's a lot of things you do right. So I think, you know, let's not forget that. So I have to ask too, this isn't on this list, but what email software do you use where you're segmenting and doing all that? That's Apple Mailbox. Apple Mail with smart mailboxes. Have you ever used that? Yeah, I have. Not in that way, but yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> You're a total keep it simple kind of guy. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, if I could use an Excel spreadsheet, I would. That shows, <laughs> my age. that shows that people go, oh, you're 41. I'm like, yeah, I do things probably a little different than you do, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you're talking to a total spreadsheet nerd who also loves whiteboards. Like, don't even get me started. <laughs> so... Like my dream gift for Christmas, I'm really hoping my husband gets me one of those smart whiteboards. In fact, I screenshotted someone using it and I like put it on Facebook. Like, what is this? When it first came out, I'm like, how can I get my hands on this? So no, I feel you. How about transaction management? How do you... Transaction management? Don't say sticky notes. <laughs> no, I'm trying... My assistant's doing that. App files. App files. Okay. Yeah. I know Skyslope's probably like supposed to be the best, but we use app files. It's good. Okay. Okay, cool. One of your favorite books or just a book that you like? That'd be any Anthony Robbins book, Unleash the Power Within, probably the most influential book I've read in my life. Okay, very good. Who has been an overall mentor to you? Oh, God. I kind of had the Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. My mother and father got married, had three kids, got divorced when I was 18 months old. And my mother went back to high school, back to our hometown and married her high school sweetheart, who's now my stepfather, who raised me since I was two. 
So Vinny is the guy that's, you know, go to work, do the right thing, grind. You know, that's Vinny. Vinny's kind of a middle-class, blue-collar guy. And then my father, my biological father, was always, you know, a senior vice president for Mutual New York, lived in New Jersey, drove two hours to work back and forth every day, left the house at 4 a.m., very successful. I've taken bits and pieces from both of them. And so I would say that that's probably... So probably his story resonated with you quite a bit. Yeah, both of them. I mean, the work ethic on one side and the wild success of the other on the other side. And then I've read a lot of books. And of course, I've met people that I, I don't know, I can kind of take bits and pieces of everybody and put it all together. Okay, well, how about real estate teacher or coach? Real estate teacher or coach? Is there anyone who really speaks to the way that you do business? Maybe not the most amazing, but just someone that you feel like so the gentleman that I met, I'll give him a little shout out. His name's Terry Rochford. Terry, I met when I was bartending at Tiburon at the Ritz-Carlton. He was in Ohio. He had his own real estate company up there. And he said, I'm going to move down here and open up my own real estate company. You should get your license. And I said, that's not a bad idea. So I think his telling me that was probably the nexus for me getting my license. So then he did. He moved down here. He started his own real estate company. I learned a lot from him. I mean, he was a younger guy, but he'd been a home builder and owned a real estate company and then came down here and opened up several real estate companies. But I learned a lot from him. So, I mean, I just had dinner with him again last night. Just friends after all. That's really cool. It's nice to have someone like that in your life. He's now he's a, like a real estate attorney. But yeah, I learned a lot from him. I probably have to give a lot of credit to him. Oh, that's really good to have someone like that. What's a training resource that you swear by? A training resource? I don't know. I read Inman a lot. I like Inman. I'm a uh, you learn and fix kind of guy. Do something. If it didn't work, learn from it. Fix it. Do it again. Awesome. So just the school of life. <laughs> yeah, unorthodox street guy. That's sure. <laughs> you were dead on. That's awesome. So what's the most underrated resource in your industry, would you say? The most underrated resource in your industry would probably be yourself. Investing mm-hmm. yourself. So I have. I've been to Howard Britton, Star Power, Craig Proctor. There was the buy referral only guy. Joe Stumpf. Joe Stumpf. Inman Connect. I don't know. I've gone to all of them. So I say invest in yourself. I think that's the most underrated resource just to take the money and spend it on educating yourself on the people that are doing better than you. That's the resource. Excellent. That's it's like a life hack. You know, go find somebody that's doing the amount of volume that you want to do and just copy them. It's the yeah, Anthony Robbins school of thought. Or even Rich Dad, be careful who you take your advice from, right? Like you want to make sure they're already there. Exactly. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that maybe I should have that you'd like to share with everybody? I don't know. I mean, having been in this business a little while, I absolutely love what I do. I think if you're going to do anything, you need to love what you do. If you don't, people will know. And life's short. Why have a job if you don't love it? It's where you're going to spend 80% of your adult life. So I just think you find out what you love to do, and then you'll eventually make money at it. We're out to dinner every night with clients, whether they bought something or they're going to buy something or not. We're just getting to know people networking, and having fun. This is a fun business. If you're a people person, this is a fun business. And definitely if you're not having fun, you know, you're not in the right industry. <laughs> you're not having fun in, or if you don't have ADD, <laughs> but you should, I mean, if you have ADD, you'll love the job. So <laughs> it's not always fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, right. People are going to disappoint you. Humans are imperfect. I and mean, we're not all, especially buying and selling real estate is a very emotional process. So you're gonna have to have thick skin to be good at it. So does it ever get to you? Like, are there ever situations? Like, I know for myself, I always was, when I get really passionate about things and excited about it, and 
you know, when my clients are doing something, everything's just really personal. Like I want them to succeed. And in the old days, I used to temper that and just kind of go, I need to not take it so personally. And then when I started this business, I'm like, screw that. Like if I'm not taking it personally, they should fire me. (laughs) You know, what's your take on that? I take things personally for sure. I mean, when you're dumping your heart, I mean, I'm doing things for people that sometimes I wouldn't do for my sister. (laughs) I'm over your house spreading mulch because I'm trying to provide for my family and do the right thing. And then you're, you know, I find out the next day you went to an open house and bought a house without me. Well, yeah, that (sighs) really bothered me. Yeah. Probably a piece of my mind and teach you a life lesson. I go, hey. Or, you know, people call you like, we want you to reduce your commission to 2%. I say, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a dentist. Okay, so if I've never been in your office before and I come to meet you and I say, how much do you charge a pull cavity? A thousand bucks. Well, you do it for 500. You say, well, I don't even know. Get out of my office. So, get out of my office. <laughs> I already know who you are and I don't want to do business with you. Right. You're fired. Get out. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. So last question is I'm a huge foodie and I ask this at the end of every podcast interview. And it's especially important to me that you answer this with an actual restaurant and dish, but what's your favorite dish and where do you get it? I don't know if you know, but we're going to Naples to the leadership conference. I'm actually going to do a mini sodes. So I'll be asking really specific questions and blocking out time with different agents, you know, free to participate just like this one is. But yeah, so with that in mind and being the huge foodie that I am, I'm going to need really good restaurant recommendations. So what is your favorite dish and where do you get it? I guarantee you could interview a thousand people and no one's going to give you better recommendations than me. Excellent. I am highly looking forward to this then. So I'm going to give you one right now. You got a pen? I have this recorded and Taylor is going to write all this down. (laughs) So yes. The other thing too, I'll just say, like I have a Yelp list and it has all of the recommendations that I get off the show. So it will also be added to that, but go. Okay, so Angelina's, it's in Bonita Springs, which is maybe 10 miles north of Naples. Butternut squash ravioli. Oh my goodness. It's not like a veal Marcella you've had anywhere else because I grew up in an Italian restaurant. Butternut squash raviolis from Angelina's. You have to sit where the bar is. There's a piano in there and the same guy plays there. His name's Kerry. He's played there for 10 years. You want to make sure you sit in there, you get a nice glass of wine. They have a three-story wine tower. You, the sommelier will come over, she'll recommend the wine. It's an, the absolute best setting on planet Earth. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I will definitely be uh, looking that up. <laughs> I go out to dinner seven nights a week. So I can tell you where to go, what dish to get, what time to go. Awesome. Well, I look forward to that. That's awesome. I'm starving for it right now, actually. So... Well, thank you so much again, Ryan. I really appreciate you being here today. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Good, good. And I feel like too, you gave us some really good takeaways on just kind of digging in and doing what it takes. And even so much as using what could be perceived as a weakness, like being kind of, you know, having a problem with attention to organization and still just pushing through and getting that success. Sounds like you've surrounded yourself with a good team as well. Yeah, lucky for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you, Taylor, for all your help here behind the scenes. And remember, the best is yet to come.